God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today and hope everybody had a great weekend. So we're uh, going to be talking about, um, you know, the uh, fight that's in front of us. I keep telling people, you know, that uh, we're at war and we have a government that we have financed that's going against us. I totally believe that we have... Uh, zero representation right now. I mean, there are Republicans that are re- representing um, and fighting the good fight, but for the most part, what we're dealing with is <laughs> it's pretty tough. I mean, it's sort of like what a betrayal, right? What a backstabbing betrayal. It's sort of like you you uh, invest in something, uh, you mentor somebody. You raise somebody and they all of a sudden turn on you and become your worst enemy. They stab you in the back. It's a it's a it's an absolute betrayal that's happening right now between our government and the people. And that's where we are right now in the in the scheme of things. You know, we are we are in knee deep in a fight. Uh, And, uh, you know, we're at the point where we don't really care whether or not people want to tell us that we're conspiracy theorists or what have you, because we know that what people are deeming misinformation, whether it's true or not true, uh, what people are deeming misinformation is is just running counter to the Biden administration's narrative. So when we say things on Facebook, I'm still not, I'm not banned yet on Facebook, but if you check out my Facebook page, you'll see I've been posting a lot of stuff since I got unbanned on July 27th. It's only going to take them a matter of days before they ban me. Everything I'm putting out there is true. And I... In essence, prepare for my show by uh, 
posting things on Twitter and Facebook. That's how I do my show. That's how I prepare my show. Everything that I consume and put together and post out on social media, I put it out there. The only problem with it, it's never in any kind of one order. But um, uh, for the most part, it's what I'm believing. It's what I'm thinking. It's what I'm seeing. It's it's what's on the front of my mind. And it's what I'm going to be talking about for the day. And that's how we're doing it. Which kind of leads me to a thought I had over the weekend. And that is that we got to be careful about how we consume our information. The information that we're consuming. um, And the information that we're getting and the information that... Because I believe that the Republicans are getting hit not just by the Nancy Pelosi's and the Chucky Schumer's and the Ocasio-Cortez's of the world. Yes, the Democrats have different strands, different variants. How do you like that word? Different strains of political ideology. And I would actually make the argument that Nancy Pelosi is probably even more to the left in terms of tyranny and communism and heartlessness than even Ocasio-Cortez is. At least she equivocated a little bit about the Texas Democrats, Ocasio-Cortez. Ocasio-Cortez is just nuts, stupid. But Nancy Pelosi, like her daughter said, she'll cut off your head and you won't even know you're bleeding. So... We on the right, though, have also been tarnished and been hurt. You know, where Trump actually needs to embrace every single aspect of the Republican Party because there's never enough of us. And, you know, when I say Republican Party, I'm not throwing any homage to the Republicans or Ronan McDaniel. I don't even see Ronan McDaniel as essential or important or relevant to the Republican Party. When I say Republican Party, I'm thinking of Donald Trump and I'm thinking of Abraham Lincoln. I'm not thinking at all, not one iota, about Ronna McDaniel, who I think is a complete loser and a complete and total and utter betrayer that sells out the corporate interests and by corporate interest, I mean the multinational corporations that, are, that sell out every day to Black Lives Matter Marxist groups or globalists so that they can get a bite at the apple, the forbidden fruit of slave labor in China. And it's what has allowed China to control our education, to control our media, to control our land to control our health, to control our social media, all of these things. China has already infiltrated our country in a way that's just, I don't think we've admitted how how much impact they have had on us. I heard it said over the weekend that they've never gotten over, you know, being embarrassed for getting a beat down over the last century or two, that America has been the shining light in the world and they wanted to be the star. 
But we have to worry about right now taking our country back. We have to worry about making articulating arguments. We have to worry about articulating arguments about election fraud because, yes, we have the winning policy. Yes, we have the winning argument. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about the fact that open borders, you can't argue that position like the Democrats are advocating for. Or what Fauci is saying after he's been wrong about every single thing on the planet. You know, he's just been wrong. He has zero credibility, yet they keep traipsing him out there. The same media that, you know, pretty much endorsed Colin Kaepernick and Jesse Smollett, right? They're basically just doing all this as a propaganda. Avenatti, Kaepernick, Avenatti, Jesse, Jesse Smollett. Right. All of these fixers, the glory Alreds of the world, the smear t- tactics, the rioters, the Black Lives Matter groups and Antifa. You compare that to the January 6th ins- uh, infiltration, not an insurrection, but an infiltration. They've come out with new video this weekend that was really quite amazing. Telling. Because it was showing a lot of peaceful behavior until the police got involved and started blowing off these rocket cannons, these uh, these uh, smoke bombs, to trying to disperse the crowd and getting the crowd all riled up. And then after that, they coordinated an effort to escort the crowd in. So we're faced with a lot of challenges, but we are trying to articulate our argument. And one of the things that's happening is the government is lying to us, whether it's Jen Psaki saying you don't have a right to know that data about COVID cases in the White House, or whether it's Mayorkas lying about the stats and the numbers and how the border is secure when everybody with a camera knows it's not secure and that the statistics aren't lying. And that they're the super spreaders spreading the virus through the southern border, being carted off to different places like, say, Missouri. And I keep mentioning Missouri because I believe Missouri is under attack politically and will be the target of the of flipping the next election. Uh, and I think that St. Louis will be another epicenter to the list of epicenters for voter fraud. And I think that they're going to pull it off and try to do it with the help of Black Lives Matter, who's heavily funded right now. And they're being associated with wokeism instead of Marxism. And somehow being woke is good, but Marxist is bad. So they want to be woke, not Marxists. I actually think they're just completely and utterly stupid. Anybody associated with Black Lives Matter is just a flat-out moron. And they can't argue any differently than that. I'll challenge them any day of the week about that their position with what Black Lives Matter has brought to the table. Nothing but divisiveness, which is exactly what they want to do, and the statistics belie it, actually. The statistics support what I just said that the racial tension and divide in our country 
is at an all-time low in terms of quality. And the black-on-black crime is at pretty much an all-time high. And the unemployment rates, thanks to, you know, yet another bailout, like where there's this new thing going on in Congress where they're talking about, now they've left for a break, but there's this new thing going on in Congress about um, the uh, uh, being banned, landlords are banned from um, kicking people out of their apartments. I'm, and and the problem with that is the landlords are getting crushed. But nobody cares about the business owner or the landlords anymore. They only care about the person who's not paying their bill no matter what. And we got to do something about that. But the narrative in our party is what we have to be concerned about. There are several things we have to be concerned about. If we're going to fight this fight and get organized, how are we going to do it? Well, people with you know money are going to have to donate to nonprofit groups that are carrying the message. And I received a lot of donations over at buglecall.org and megapack.org uh, about this um, effort that we're putting on. Every day we show up, we do this stuff for very uh, no pay. I mean, nobody at Magapack and Buglecall are getting paid. We're all volunteering. It's a nonprofit organization. And, you know, we could use your help because somebody has to do the research. Somebody has to do the digging. Somebody has to. And so I, I really want to thank everybody who's been helping out. Because you don't get paid for actually doing research, but the research is necessary to get it right. And we don't want to get it wrong. And one of the problems with our Republican parties, we have all these different strains. You know, we have um, a whole wing of people that are, I think, sowing misinformation. And then we have a wing of people that are sort of like elitists, unapproachable, out of touch. And I'm talking about the Republican Party. I'm talking about the differences between, say, someone like Christy Nome and someone like Ron DeSantis. Or the differences between, say, a Jenna Ellis and a Sidney Powell, or a uh, Mike Lindell and uh, a Stephen Miller. You know, or a Peter Navarro versus a Patrick Byrne, and stuff like that. You know, what kind of information is being sent out there? What kind of truths and what kind of disinformation the problem I'm seeing for our, for ourselves, for, for this show and for me, and when I have debates with people and I have arguments to be made, and I want to talk about election fraud, the very first thing I get from the left is an eye roll. An eye roll. How disrespectful. I know that election fraud existed. Just like I know that General Flynn had a perfect call with the Kislyak. And I know that the, the fix was in. But my question, and nobody else wants to question it on the right, is why in the world did Flynn allow himself to be caught in a room alone with two crooked FBI agents? And then why did he hire Covington and Burling 
Eric Holder's law firm. Why did he do that? I think that there needs to be an explanation. He's never been asked that question. Well, actually, I think he has, and he just said, well, I made a mistake. A guy like Flynn, who's supposed to be the smartest guy in the room, should never make such boneheadedly moronic mistakes. They shouldn't. Just like if you're a millionaire, you should never drive the nanny home at night alone. Ever. It's just 101 common sense. And, you know, I get calls and I get emails from people who say, oh, Trump's going to be in office in August. From what? Like, how? Now, when I then try to articulate an argument that says election fraud happened, and if you simply just flip or decertify Arizona, Pennsylvania, and Georgia, guess what? Biden doesn't have the electorates. Guess what? We're in uncharted territory. And where there's uncharted territory, you can make up, you, you don't make up the rules. You could follow the path that the, the Constitution lays in front of you. And so I think that in a lot of ways, both Sidney Powell and Jenna Ellis were wrong on that topic. I think that there's another way to articulate it, but some of the people in the right wing are embarrassing. And I think in some ways it was by design, infiltrating. Like whether Patrick Byrne had his cryptocurrency paying off people like Alex Jones as a bagman to finance a whole bunch of other stuff that was going on with the Jericho March or the January 6th event, trying to actually create a narrative that is, is disprovable. So that when pragmatic conservatives try to articulate an argument, they get the eye roll from a lot of various people. So I guess, you know, if you wanted to create uh, some sort of an embarrassment or disinformation that's easily debunked or you're constantly wrong about something, then it discredits the whole movement. And I think that's unfair because election fraud really did happen. Flynn really didn't do anything wrong. But somehow, Flynn's perfectly good call lasted three and a half years in courts. And I always tell people that the reason why that was the case is because Flynn was a cabinet member. And when he got fired, uh, it was just like Watergate. If Nixon tried to cover it up, he would have gotten caught and then he would have gotten impeached. And that's what happened with Nixon. And when Trump said, what I learned about Watergate and Nixon is don't get involved. Don't get your hands dirty. Because if you didn't do anything wrong, then you have nothing to worry about. That's what Trump said on many occasions. And so whether it was Flynn being played or Flynn being an operative, I don't know. And I wouldn't make that accusation because I don't know. But what I would say is that somehow being a cabinet member made him a really interesting dynamic so that what happened was it prevented Trump from actually getting to the evidence and dispersing it to the public so that we were always talking about, we want to see what happened with Lindsey Graham and John McCain in Ukraine and all the backroom deals and the connection with Burisma 
And Rudy Giuliani had a lot of great information about that. And I want to see what happened with some of the Russian hoax. How about email gate? And a whole bunch of other things that Trump could have gotten involved with and released if he wasn't in some sort of jeopardy where they could have then accused him of obstruction of justice because one of his own cabinet members, Flynn, was getting pinched by the FBI. So therefore, all the evidence associated with that case was frozen, which prevented Trump from revealing the truth about the previous administration, who was Obama, and all the misdeeds that they did. That was the insurance policy and the trap. And so what I'm saying is we have people who are playing in disguise and infiltrating our party, discrediting our message to where we get uh, pragmatic conservatives who are making good points and doing good research are getting the eye roll, not getting the platform, and not being taken seriously, despite the fact that they might be right. It's getting us disbanded. It's getting us... Uh, censored. And so we really have to fix this problem if we are going to fight as a unified force. Because we have to be unified. A nation divided cannot stand. Have we ever heard that before? And that's exactly what the left is doing with the black population. That's what Black Lives Matter was all about. Dividing the black people between political ideologies. They did that in the wake of the Michael Brown 2013 case that when they were founded, they were founded on the principle of dividing black conservatives from black liberals. And eventually they got down to making it about the police. And then they divided America based on nonsensical data. Because when you look at the real data, You look at it and you say, well, there's so few of those incidents where a white cop, like two or three a year, where a white cop shot an unarmed black person and was wrong. And usually in in every one of those cases, that cop was pretty much arrested and thrown in jail where they made a gross mistake or they misbehaved in some way. There was justice but nobody wants to talk about the numbers in Chicago this weekend or, you know, the, the, the uh, fact that there are over 400 um, murders or homicides this year. I mean, it's just absolutely through the roof, the numbers on their shootings, the shootings and the homicides. It's just astronomical. Philadelphia, all, the black on black crime is horrible. And where are the where are the where's the leadership to help guide these misguided people into turning a blind eye to education while they embrace violence and drugs and the things that are going to kill them as a population that are hurting their reputation that are discrediting them which impacts all the people that are so good you know, the majority of black people are wonderfully great people and Hispanics and Native Americans and Asians and any any race. 
but these gangbangers and these guys, you know, wearing the, you know, it's kind of interesting. Uh, Leonora uh, brought this to my attention because she's a reader. And, you know, when black people wear the do-rag um, on their head and when they wear their pants really low, this is something I didn't know. Uh, when they wear their pants really low, like down around their butt, the reason why they do that is because it's a homage to prison where uh, you're not allowed to have a belt, so your pants fall low. And with your do-rag, people wear it for their T-shirt. They wear their T-shirt. So it's kind of like this respect thing. It's kind of interesting. I didn't. I didn't know that. So, so today, um, I wanted to get that off um, my chest with respect to um, the internals of the Republican Party. The p- biggest problem that we're having right now is that we're not unified. So one of the things that BugleCall.org and MAGAPAC.org are going to do is start um, these group discussions in, and it's going to start in D.C. We have a working group that's going to be a group of think tankers, writers that are located, living in the D.C. area. We're going to have monthly events uh, live, you know, in person, where we're going to have each writer host an event at a location. And we're going to have, like, speakers and we're going to talk about topics. And each writer, is it's going to be an invite only in terms of hosts. And each there's not going to be any one leadership. It's going to be basically a whole bunch of different thinkers that are going to emcee their own month. And hopefully we'll have at least 12 of those. And each month it will be hosted by somebody different. And there won't be any one leader, but... It'll be Bugle Call and Magapac that will be coordinating the effort and getting the ball rolling. Uh, but then once the ball is rolling, it's going to be open to the public where they can listen to the speakers and share ideas, do a meet and greet, have uh, a lunch. It's going to be a luncheon kind of deal. And um, that's going to be the workers group, working group. So that's going to help us unify our message and unify our party and get, uh, instead of uh, having a bunch of BBs, have a shotgun shell. Rather than have one small little BB big, have a big snowball and, and have a bigger impact on the narrative and the messaging. That's the one thing. Because I don't think, I think what happens is we're too splintered as a Republican Party. We're too splintered and our splinters by themselves are just like toothpicks. They're not strong enough. But if you get those toothpicks and you stick them together, you got a stick, you got a baseball bat. At some point, all those toothpicks can make a baseball bat and we can hit home runs with baseball bats. That's another metaphor I just made off up off the fly. But another thing I want to do is I want to get uh, people together for happy hours in D.C., and I want to have a tavern discussion. In Philadelphia, there is this great, and I think it went out of business over COVID. It's been been around since Ben Franklin. It's called the City Tavern. It was on 2nd Street. 
near Spruce. And it was just such a, or near, uh, near uh, Chestnut, Walnut. Um, but City Tavern was so great. And uh, it had been around for hundreds of years, really. And it was um, where people would get together in the town and talk. And in some ways, they would stand up on a stool with a beer in their hand and they would make a claim or a statement or an announcement about something that they wanted to uh, share with the community. And although times have changed, we want to have an organized discussion in a tavern where there be free food um, and cheap drinks uh, subsidized by the host and, uh, and have a room to ourselves a gathering of people that can get together and share ideas and stand up on that stool and make their claim, make a statement, give a speech. And we might even try to get the radio involved. Uh, We're going to try to figure all the logistics out. Uh, And this would be in addition to the galas and, and more formal events, but the more formal events, you know, there are a dime a dozen in my opinion, people dress up and, go to these hotel conference rooms and it's always the same. Um, and I want to, I want, I want to, the Scott Adams show is always trying to do it differently. Right. And that's what we want to do. We want to do things a little differently. We want to spice it up and make it different, make it unique and, uh, make it more relaxed, make it more real, make it normal and do it our way, you know, and again, it's not going to just be magapack.org or buglecall.org that's going to front it. Because in Washington, D.C., with all the egos, people don't like to follow anything. And they don't necessarily like to lead alone. Uh, what they want to do is, but they truly want a solution to this communication deficit that we have, where we're not thinking on the same page, we're not organized, and too many people want to profit from everything. And so all of those conflicts get in the way of progress. So that those are the things we are working on uh, that are truly important and things I'm thinking about and hoping to pull off here uh, into the fall of uh, 2021 and heading into the 2022 election. All right, so <clears throat> the three big topics that we want to talk about today course the january 6th uh was a setup there's a new there's a lot of new thinking going on regarding this as we're starting to see more information jack posobiak put out some really interesting new video uh showing peace uh, but it wasn't just about showing the peaceful rallies rally ralliers and protesters it was the time the time stamp when things were supposed to be chaotic, they weren't. So the, the people that were following the Trump rally didn't even have a clue. They, a lot of them didn't even know that the Capitol was being infiltrated until the Capitol Police told them, come in, come in, come this way, come on. And so it's looking more and more like a setup. So the Federalist... <clears throat> wrote an article over the weekend, well, actually today, 
that came out. If you don't suspect deep state provocation at the January 6th riot, start paying attention. It's required to ask the out, ask, ask at the outset of leftist January 6th Truth Commission how much of what led to Donald Trump supporters storming the Capitol was a setup. It's not only a reasonable question, but required to ask at the outset of leftist January 6th Truth, and Com- Truth Commission is what they're calling it. So how much of what led to the Donald Trump's storm in the Capitol was a setup? That's the question. So BuzzFeed recently revealed that alleged Governor Gretchen Whitmer, and BuzzFeed's a left-wing rag, kidnapping plot was instigated and coordinated by the FBI informants who collected a handful of malcontents as a, an apparent cover story for manufacturing a domestic terrorism plot to foil in front of the cameras. There's plenty of evidence. This CAFABI is not just an isolated incident, but the way the security state really does business. As the unfoilable DC Capitol Police establish across the country, beachheads in Florida and California and prepared to deploy U.S. military surveillance tech used on insurgents in Afghanistan, it's well past time to start shutting this uh, hydra down. It is well established by now the U.S. intelligence agencies use informants, lies, and leaks to frame people, causes, and political opponents of the regime. This is so well established that it would be surprising if the one capital riot Democrats are pursuing did not include FBI or other federal spy state provocateurs. And if that's the case, then our country is in deep, deep doo-doo. So this is what the agencies do. For readers who have been under a rock for the last five years, last Let's review just the recent highlights of spy agency, Democrat, and media collision, collusion. I'm sure I'm reading this off of this uh, document that would lead one to suspect the January 6th events as part of the pattern. Russiagate is the prime example. Of course, we know about that. So they got their chops really from Russiagate. Russiagate is just the tip of the iceberg, though. We have public documentation of U.S. spy agencies using their massive powers for political purposes far behind Russiangate without any serious retaliatory action taken by Congress. Clearly, Congress's habit of useless showboating and taking insane Democrat allegations at face value only has encouraged graver abuses. Since the uh, so, in like say for example, in 2011, it's revealed in court documents that Obama administration, FBI was spying on Fox News's James Roman. We've talked about that for a long time, and then they did the Associated Press, and they've spied on so many different reporters. So, we are the victims of a group of spy provocateurs that we pay for. They're turning on us. They're stabbing us right in the back. And that must stop. That must stop. It's a big problem that we're faced with.
And so we are going to stop it at some point. But this January 6th thing, I think, is going to blow up in the Democrat faces. At least it can if we get the right video. And we need to we need to get that. And I think being organized can help do that. So then the other one is uh, open border super spreader and illegal migration. And then we're going to talk about Fauci's double speak again. And also this whole thing about wokeness. Victor Davis Hanson is someone I respect a lot and I read all of his stuff. Um, he has an article out on America Greatness. That's at amgreatness.com. It says, incompetence, arrogance equals woke. So politically correct ideology is masking and contributing to the widespread failure of our institutions. And he's got a picture of Major League Baseball where he's got like this thing that says Black Lives Matter. And in NFL football and NBA basketball, they've all abandoned sport and made it all about politics. And, you know, wrestling, um, Adeline Gray is going to wrestle for, in fact, she's probably currently wrestling or just wrestled for Olympic gold. She'll be the first um, uh, USA wrestler to compete for the gold medal uh, this morning. Um, And you can check all that out on, uh, you know, and that's the only sport I'm watching on the Olympics, really. Um, But the, the, the ratings are down. And people don't want to see these people protest. But when you look at the wrestlers, they don't pull any of this nonsense. They work too hard to compete to for to compete to win, to be messing around with all of these games and these politics. You know the whole thing about Simone Simone Biles. <clears throat> it's um. It's a mixed bag, really. You know, somebody was saying that. She had this mental condition that uh, prevented her from spinning in a proper way. Um, and so there was an argument to be made there. And if that were the case, then then she's she's mentally ill to the point where she can't do flips or suppose you have this uh, PTSD type of syndrome where you're afraid of breaking your neck, jumping off a pommel horse or, you know, flying around on uneven bars. Uh, it very well could be, and nobody really gets to hear that particular argument. But she's going to be on balance beam is what she's supposed to compete in, but everybody's talking about her. And the way I couch that argument about uh, Simone Biles is that um, I actually think that she wasn't uh, ready to compete for one reason or another. And she um, she would have lost a whole bunch of sponsors if she would have said, you know, I'm not going to compete in the Olympics. All of her sponsors would have left her and went with another horse, right? Another uh, athlete. And that that's business 101. So what she did was she kept it a secret, kept her sponsors, and kept those millions of dollars that she's made She's made a seven-figure salary on these endorsements. And for someone like her, you know, a young girl, a million dollars is a lot of money for anybody. But 
So you're forced to, to milk this all the way down. I believe her coaches must have known. They had a backup that performed well. But still, it's, a, it's, a, it's the mainstream media that's not doing their job and investigating these things properly and telling the truth to the American people. As if for some reason we can't handle the truth. I just find that to be impossible to believe. And so um, that brings us to the um, next topic. You know, I want to um, talk about, so January 6th, I can't play a lot of audio clips. I can only tell you what I tell you. It was a setup. It was an infiltration. Uh, the FBI has blood on their hands. Nobody has explained the pipe bombs from January 5th. Nobody has explained uh, who the murder is and why. And There was no justice associated with Ashley Babbitt's murder um, and, and so many other uh, questions. And everybody knows that this Truth Commission is a charade. It's just a complete charade. And it's absolutely bonkers, stupid. But that's Nancy Pelosi. She's nuts. She's crazy. But we have clips that we want to play in the uh, time that we have left in the show uh, related to Dr. Fauci. We have, we're going to have some comments to be making about that. I also want to play what Stephen Miller had to say about um, the uh, border crossings and everything he had to say, especially about Title 42. Uh, so we're going to get to that here uh, just now. But is entirely correct. This is Stephen Miller. Under President Trump's courageous leadership, there were functionally zero releases at the southwest border in 2020. In other words, if you crossed the border illegally, you were stopped, you were sent home. A central part of that strategy after the pandemic hit was an authority known as Title 42. You may hear this a lot in the news. It's a public health authority exercised by CDC, and in this case, carried out by Border Patrol and ICE. And the principle of it is very simple, which is that during a pandemic, if you come into this country, your very presence here, if you enter unlawfully, is a threat to our public health. Full stop. You go home. There's no process. There's no procedure. There's no asylum. You are removed either to Mexico or to a third-party country or your home country. That's it. Because to take you in, to keep you here, to process you, to put you into the system, you will infect other migrants, you will infect agents, you will infect members of the community, you will infect ICE officers. If released, you will affect, infect the country. There is no way to safely conduct illegal immigration during a pandemic. In fact, it is the most unsafe form of travel. What President Biden has done is he has suspended the application of Title 42 for all minor aliens traveling alone, which is about the size of one American city per month comprised entirely of illegal alien minors, plus the vast, vast majority of illegal alien families. So these groups are entering the country unrestricted, illegally, being resettled by our border agencies and spreading the disease throughout the country. One very important point about this, even if you test illegal immigrants without Title 42, you are not safe. Why is that? Because let's say you have 6,000 illegals show up one day at the border, and let's say 10% of them test positive or 600 people, 
And let's pretend this administration quarantined those, which they're not doing. But let's just pretend that they did. You released the balance of the 6,000. You don't think that there's a huge number of those who are going to be positive the next day, the day after, the day after that? Testing just a one small snapshot in time. This virus can live in your mm. system for four days, five days, six days, seven days, ten days before you get that positive test. So even people who test negative, they've been living with other positive illegal aliens crammed into unsafe, unsanitary conditions. Bottom yeah. line here, Maria, to bring this, to bring this home, this administration is bringing variants into this country, bringing disease into this country, bringing COVID into this country for the sole purpose yeah. of facilitating law breaking. This is an attack on the health of every citizen. No wonder we're worried about putting masks back on and the threat of the Delta variant. We've got to continue digging in because I want to know why. Stay with us. More with All Stephen right, Miller so after the go short. To another sec- section Not the here. one making these policy decisions. Right ...position to manage the border crisis, according to John Solomon. Your thoughts on what Kamala Harris is doing in the face of all of this? Yes, well, for one thing, I think it's pretty clear that the vice president's political ambitions are effectively destroyed as a result of her administration of the border. But it's important for people to keep in mind that she is not the one making these policy decisions. These policy decisions are being made by the faceless radicals throughout the Biden administration who are running the show. Their White House staff, their DHS staff, most of whom will never be known to the American public, who are making these truly truly deadly decisions that are resulting in drugs, disease, crime, as well as just large-scale illegal immigration that drains our finances and that destroys American jobs and wealth. And so I completely agree the vice president should be replaced, but ultimately she's only being used as the fall person behind a scheme that staff has put together. Well, look, at the same time, you have crises at the border blowing up with regard to illicit narcotics, human trafficking, COVID cases. And yet look what we're focused on as a country and in Congress. They're debating literally seven trillion dollars of new spending. And you've got the Department of Justice uh, sending warning shots out to states saying, don't even think about doing an audit of election 2020. We spoke with Blake Masters here on this program last week. He is running for the Senate seat in Arizona. Here's what he said about what's taking place right now in his home state. I'm glad we're auditing. You know, I come from the business world. Uh, we audit businesses every year, um, all the time as a routine good practice. And that's when we don't even suspect anything is amiss. And so this idea that so many people from the journalist class, you know, from the Democratic establishment, even from the Republican establishment in Arizona, they're reflexively anti-audit. They were anti-audit before it even got started, which makes no sense because like tens of millions of Americans, probably even a hundred million Americans and some Joe Biden voters, if we're being honest, I look at what happened in the 2020 election and I see a lot of problems. They want to say it was a perfect election with the perfect result, maybe, but it didn't look perfect. Well, the DOJ doesn't agree. They're saying to states, tread carefully in auditing elections, especially 2020, Stephen. Yes. Well, first of all, on the first point that you made, it is insane to me that we are having a conversation in Washington, D.C. right now about infrastructure 
when the border is melting down before our very eyes and the sovereignty of this country is being wiped out. The Republican conference ought to have the position that there will be no negotiations with this president over any of his signature policy priorities as long as he is failing in his fundamental constitutional obligation to protect this nation's borders. In fact, doing the opposite, which is working assiduously through his radical staff to eliminate, erase, and invalidate our nation's borders. On the point about the election audit, anybody who opposes a forensic audit of the election is in favor of fraud. It's that simple. You cannot have an election, not ever, in which people can mail thousands of ballots in and there's no effort to link the ballot itself with an actual registered, lawfully registered voter. Just nameless ballots disconnected entirely from any real verified voter. That has been my problem all along. The chain of custody and the lack of um, connection between the signature ballot when it comes to mail-in ballots. Because when you, show, when, you, when you walk in the door, you are verifying you are who you are. And your signature matches and so on and so forth. But with um, the mail-in ballot, the, the fraud is... So everybody knows that what's happening with the COVID is related to the election, 2022 election, right? I mean, I hope everybody understands that, right? You guys understand it, I hope. Because that's exactly what's going on. And so when you listen to people like Dr. Fauci uh, say the most stupid things. Let's just take a listen to this Dr. Fauci clip. We have 100 million people in this country, John, who are eligible to be vaccinated, who are not vaccinated. We've really got to get those people to change their minds, make it easy for them, convince them, do something to get them to be vaccinated because they are the ones that are propagating this outbreak. What has magnified... You're not going to blame China. You're not going to blame the open borders but you're going to blame people like me who made a choice not to get vaccinated. That's not fair. There are people that are perfectly healthy that will not get vaccinated and they didn't do anything wrong. And yet they're going to be the ones that are being blamed. And what kills me about this is they're saying that basically it's the unvaccinated uh, because of the unvaccinated, that's why people have to, uh, who are, are vaccinated have to wear masks. Now, that doesn't make any sense if you listen to this other statement um, that we're going to get to in a second. The problem, John, is that we're now dealing with a virus that has an extraordinary capability of spreading from person this, to this person. This guy so changes when you... his narrative from one moment to the next. Let's take a listen to this. Fully vaccinated person, should we have any worries? So, so, so this is what Fauci said a few weeks ago. Let's take a listen. So he just got done saying that the people who are not getting vaccinated are causing the people who got vaccinated to have to wear the masks. They're trying to divide us. Again, they're trying to divide us. So this is what Fauci said just a few weeks ago about vaccin- vaccines about walking by someone on the street who may be unvaccinated. 
Okay, Not at all. I would have a fully vaccinated person. Should we have any worries about walking by someone on the street who may be unvaccinated? Not at all. I would have no concern walking down the street past a person who's not been vaccinated and even a person who's been infected because the protection is really quite substantial. Fully vaccinated. Wrong again, Dr. Fauci, because we just now heard you say the opposite, right? Absolute craziness. It's crazy town. Now let's take a listen to Ron Johnson, what he has to say. Let's see. Right here. Uh, we, we want all the emails between the CDC and the teachers unions as they discussed uh, how they'd approach the, the school reopenings. But in particular, I really want the emails of, of uh, Dr. Fauci. You know, they were presented uh, through a FOIA request, but they were heavily redacted. And so we sent a, a letter with five members of my committee that if five members do request this, the, the agency shall turn them over to us. We got the exact same four requests, except for one paragraph was not uh, was not uh, redacted. And it, when it was redacted, it was for apparently being related to an open law enforcement investigation. But we saw the, the paragraph. It has nothing to do with the law enforcement uh, investigation. So that brings into question all the redactions. And by the way, Congress is not subject to those same FOIA redactions. So they are hiding something. Uh, again, that just reduces my trust and faith in these agencies. They need to come clean. They need to be transparent. This is information the American public deserves to have. Not only deserves to have, we own the we own the information. We own it. We paid for it. We're not getting the customer service we're paying for, right? We're not getting certainly not getting the representation. Um, folks, we have a government that's off the rails. Uh, there. They're supporting the illegals. Uh, they're, they're saying the illegals can come through, not be tested, and don't have to wear a mask, get shipped to battleground states. They're trying to rig the election. Everything we're seeing here is about control, power, and rigging the election. And it's about conditioning. They're trying to condition us and our behavior to tweak and fine-tune future conditioning and behavioral dynamics. And that's something we have to be mindfully aware of because they have a strategy and a plan and a playbook and we don't, but we better get one real fast. Hey, we're at the end of our show today. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Uh, Be sure to check out buglecall.org, magapack.org. If you want to make a donation, please do. We're doing a lot of good work over there. And also check out scottadamshow.com for the latest podcast. Check us out on twitter.com slash scottadamshow and on Facebook. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. Just to bury my kids right up to there.